Hello and welcome to the ME7 podcast and our first look back live of the season. The Jills unfortunately couldn't continue that perfect start in the month of August, but we are this afternoon going to look back at what has been quite an incredible month for Neil Harris's men. Yep, welcome back to the MA7 podcast, Look Back Live, the first one of the season. Um, yeah, as you can see, joined by, as ever, by my co-host, Owen. Good afternoon, mate. How are you? Uh, quickly learning that time means everything. Could have done this last week, couldn't we? But, uh, <laughs> you know, sod's law and everything, but yeah, good. Not going to let yesterday detract from what's been a brilliant month, brilliant opening month. Good, good, good. Tom Jasper, right. first time Hello. on the show. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Again with Owen, you know, obviously... Not going to let uh, yesterday get too on top of us, you know, but yeah, all good. James, you're back for your second appearance? Yeah, thanks for having me back. No problem. Pleasure. Um, How are you? I'm good. I am going to let yesterday get to me. I'm positively suicidal, so, you know, it's all good. Wow, wow. <laughs> the I don't think we're going to read any social media comments this afternoon, to be honest. That's a good idea. <laughs> because we're far too positive as a Jules fan base, aren't we? Absolutely we are. <laughs> good, okay. Um, yeah, just... Uh, just a, a, a couple of things. Um, yeah, this this, this show um, it, it wouldn't be happening really without obviously Nick Nick at Block uh, behind the camera. But obviously, of course, uh, it also wouldn't be happening without Danny Construction, as you can see on the right hand side of the screen. Not sure what what's the left hand side of the screen. Uh, and in the bottom corner, you can see Danny Construction um, are our sponsors for this season. Um, Danny Construction, they. Um, yeah, they basically look after groundworks, surface water drainage, duct in, uh, installation, installation uh, line markings and more. Daniel um, basically is run by a, a lady called Laura uh, and she inspires women, mothers and young people to become industry leaders while delivering outstanding services. So very, thank you very, very much to Daniel Construction for sponsoring uh, today and the rest of the season as well. Um, we've also got um, our charity, James, you obviously know um, yeah, Red, Red Eagle Foundation very, very well. Yep, I do. Yeah, obviously we've partnered with them for the season. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about how you know. Um, so uh, Red, Red Eagle, Eagle are, um, are run by a, a, somebody I know very, very well, uh, Dominic Cummins, and um, they do a really, really great work in the in, in the Kent area. And um, I think they're, they're a brilliant charity for us to get behind. And I know you've got quite a lot planned with them haven't you, over the season. So, yeah, we're very excited to be partners with them. Good, good. Okay. Um, yeah. The dreaded bit then of the show. Let's uh, let's let's get to to yesterday. Um, oh, and I guess we'll start with you. Uh, give us give us your assessment of it. I mean, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too down the dumps or too overreactive about it. But we were really, really poor yesterday. It was a bit of a continuation of what we unfortunately saw at Crawley. We got away with it that time. I think it was a case of. Last week, we didn't play particularly well. We got a bit of luck with the penalty and we managed to hold it out. I think yesterday, we didn't play particularly well. Second half, in particular, I thought we were really, really poor. The worst we've been this season by far. And unfortunately, on this occasion, we didn't get away with it. And I think it was a case of 
Colchester came here with a much better setup than many might have thought. I think they played really, really well, to be fair to them. I think the, the scoreline didn't really flatter them whatsoever. I think they deserve to be significant winners on the day. Um, I've listened to, to Neil's uh, post-match interview and he thinks we were the better team for 60 minutes or so. I'm not entirely sure I agree with that. I think the first half was a bit much of a muchness. I think they shaded it and probably should have had a penalty as well in the first half. But I, I, I can't recall us really, other than that Tim Dieng header in the first 10 or so minutes, I can't recall us really doing too much of trouble. Uh, Owen Goodman in the Colchester United goal where I always thought they looked really dangerous on the counter-attack. And then obviously the start of the second half, I think they peppered us for the majority of it. I think we had a spell at the first five minutes maybe or so. But after that, I think it was pretty much them dominating the game. They came close a few times before getting that opening goal. And as scrappy as it was, you can't you can't deny that they, they deserved it on the day. And I think we... Not, not we needed a result like this, but I've said for a few weeks now it'll be interesting. And Tom, I'll bring it to you in a second because I think we had this conversation on, must have been a post-match for Crawley, where I said it's going to be interesting how to see how we react when we do go a goal behind, when we do that one in. And unfortunately, on the evidence of yesterday, the first occasion, of course, should point out, um, the reaction wasn't quite what we would have hoped for, was it? Uh, no, and we knew that we were going to come unstuck at some point. You know, not every game is going to be a one-nil victory, and we're going to, you know, sort of scrape through it. But I think it was just a case of when, not if. Um, we knew that the the potential banana skin yesterday would have been the fact that yes, we're top and they're bottom, but the 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 lineups didn't really reflect that. It was just you know we've been in a decent run of form, and and and, and they haven't. But um, yeah, we spoke after Crawley about the fact that you know we would at some point need to need to go through and talk about the fact that we we, we, we were going to lose a game or, you know, have to come back from a goal down. And it did feel very similar, like to some points last season where we were kind of, you know, trying to force the goal rather than naturally be able to get the goal back. Um, and uh, as I said, we just didn't, we could have played for hours last night and just not put the ball in, a, in the back of the net. Um, seen many games like that, like that, that before. It's not a, it's, it's not a new entity. It's, 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 it's it has happened before. So um, we can't dwell on it too much because if we do on that, we're going to go into Grimsby and Harrogate thinking, you know, like oh god, like are oh, doing back again. Like recently, we've enjoyed four out of five games in the league with four wins. Like I would have taken that massively at that point. You know, if you'd asked me a few weeks ago, um, a few weeks ago. So yeah, it was disappointing, but it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I agree with everything Tom says. Um, I think you've got to take it into context. Um, you know, the start we've made is absolutely phenomenal. And you, you're quite right. If, if we'd all been offered that start, you know, a few months ago, we'd have all, we'd have all taken it every day. Um, but having said that, you know, the team isn't beyond criticism. And I think yesterday was poor. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, like Owen, I, I, I'm not sure I agree with anything Neil Harris said in his post-match, but, you know, everyone's got their opinion at the end of the day. What I will say is um, there's been a horrendous, horrendous overreaction on social media, uh, which we touched on already. Um, you'd think that we'd just been relegated from the, the reaction on, on, certainly on Twitter last night. Um, and I think it was, it was, it was evident in the stands as well. I think when the, when the third goal went in, I, I had a, you know, Reese heard and I had a chat and you could feel the toxicity in the stands and, it was pretty nasty, to be honest with you. And I think that's that's not something we want to be repeating too often, but it's part of the game, unfortunately, whether we like it or not. And, you know, but it wasn't great to see or feel yesterday, really. But, yeah, the the, the performance was 
was definitely subpar. There's no doubt about that. And I, I think that performance probably was on the cards, as Tom said. I just wasn't expecting it to be at Priestfield, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I do we expect it, though, because I, I, I don't think it's right. I, I don't think... To be honest, I, I, I had to stay on social media last night. It was just... It was awful. It was absolutely awful. The way people were talking about the team, nil, the players, it was, I, I would say, borderline disgusting because at the end of the day, everyone is right to have their opinion. 100%. We were, we were not good yesterday. We were not good at all by our standards. But I think people have to take that bit of perspective of this time last year, we'd scored probably about five goals. We were rock bottom of the league. We couldn't buy a win. It took us until Boxing Day to get 13 points. It took us until January the 14th to get a, a third win. And now look at us. We're second in the league and we've lost one game. And you'd thought, honestly, that we'd just been relegated all over again from League One. Absolutely. I mean... Uh... It's the modern day football fan, unfortunately, and I, I, I think that you know it's either the we're, you're either, it's either the best thing in the world or the worst thing in the world. And yesterday it was the worst thing in the world, and it's just it's an overreaction, but it is a reaction that is going to happen. None of us like it, but I, I think it's here to stay. Unfortunately, all the time you've got these platforms that we use, you know, for for lots of good reasons. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously we use Twitter ourselves a lot. It's great for, for, for getting our, you know, the, the club out there and, and sharing with the fans all the, all the good things that happen. But unfortunately, it is going to be open to that other side as well. But as you rightly said, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, as long as it's delivered in a, a reasonable way, I think we can all agree with that. But it's when it becomes unreasonable and when it becomes vitriolic and stuff that that's not good and i think we Almost need to try. personal isn't it yeah sometimes yeah. i think it that can happen and you could see that starting to happen yesterday on the on the you know in the rain room like i said when the third goal went in there were all sorts of um choice words being leveled at mr harris which is very unfair to be honest with you um and and not really what you want to hear and you know swearing goes on at football of course it does but you know people got remember there's there's kids around we're we're trying to be a family club and it's not really what you want to hear, to be honest with you. I don't remember in my time a manager getting this much abuse. I don't uh, even even under even even when Pennant was in charge. I don't remember a manager personally getting attacked like sometimes Neil does, because I don't know whether it's to do with just just what went on last season or something like that. But I've Certainly, I've sat there for years. You, we've we've sat there together yeah. for years, and we and I've heard managers being criticised for the way we've played and tactics and everything else. But I've never heard our fan base go at a manager like they do Neil. Sometimes I think there's there's almost a bit of PTSD as Jules fans. To be honest with you, we're we're from last season. You know, I think there's there's still a lot of a big hangover from 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 last season, and you know things went so bad to so good, literally overnight. You know, when the Gallansons took over. We had a, a, an injection of positivity and, and it was brilliant, you know, but literally we, we changed as a club overnight. And I think some for some fans, that may have been quite a difficult transition and, and maybe there's still a bit of a hangover. So as soon as the opportunity comes along to not be wonderfully positive and not be glowing in praise and saying how wonderful everything is, 
perhaps people jump on that a little bit and they go a little bit overboard and, and maybe that's what that is but who who knows who knows that the um the psychology of the of the football fan is is a fascinating topic i think and uh, you know it's also as well, isn't it? The change in in what we expect now. You know, Neil's been been quite keen to kind of quash any like you know, getting carried away, and it's going to be an unbeaten season, all that sort of stuff. But also, like we we as fans can't help but you know raise our raise raise what we expect a little bit. So when it comes crashing down like yesterday seemed to do, it's almost like oh, we're back to the old Gillingham, and yeah. you know, joke, jokes about a second car crash in a week. Like you know, it's all done. That that's all done in jest, but recently there are comments out there that do go beyond that, yeah. and unfortunately, it's hard for especially after the game. You know, the immediate aftermath of the game is different to the next day when there's been some more clarity. We've had time to digest everything that, that went on before, but in the hour or so after after the final whistle, that's when it's at its worst because it, it's raw, it's still fresh to people, and that's when people can't help but bite back. And that's when you have other people get involved, and it's and then it turns into a bit of a raw rumble, doesn't it? Effectively, a comments. Yeah. Um, whereas if people all went, you know what, I'm I'm going to give it ten hours to go, and then I'm going to voice my opinion. It might be a whole different ball game. It's, you need to consider really that you know no team in League Two is going to win every game. We're not going to go unbeaten for the whole season. If they were capable of doing that, they wouldn't be League Two players. It's <laughs> sometimes you look at results like I'm just going to say today, yesterday, and then in three or four months, if we are still where we are, you might be looking back at it saying, "Try what." It was a bad day at the office that day, but we might have needed that to give us the, not kick up the arse, so to speak, but the signification of players who might be getting a bit overboard, which I don't think they are, and fans as well, that, you know, it is a nine-month-long season. You know, it's, it's a bit like giving birth, really. <laughs> ma- ma- mathematically, you know, you No, I'm not going to go into that. And you're, you know, uh, uh, Dangerous uh, water. I, I, <laughs> I think you've well, dug yourself a big grave there and you can't get out now. Well, the you? water's broke yesterday, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but no, like, if, if these players were capable of winning every game in the League 2, they wouldn't play in the League 2. And, you know, you, you just need to take some perspective. And it's just a case of we've played five league games. We've won four of them. Okay, we've not been brilliant in all of them. You know, last week, as I said at Crawley, we weren't particularly great. And we were, I think everyone would agree, lucky to get out of there with all three points and on another day we might have come unstuck but a game like yesterday when you're just beaten by a team who on the day were better than us I know people look at cultures to think they're bottom and whatever else but they're a good side they're better than they've been in the first few games and also got to counteract that with saying that they have played one game less than everyone else in the league except for Swindon who they obviously meant to play on home day but I think with this group of players we've got it's a vast improvement on, on last year it's a vast improvement even on what we had in January and there's still a lot to come, you know, we haven't reached our peak with, you know, not been brilliant per se in every game. I think Atkinson's been our best performance other than Southampton and even then we still looked a bit like we weren't going to score a lot of goals, but in, in time it would arrive and, you know, it's just a case of looking back at the month as we're doing now and seeing how well we've done and thinking, well, one bad result doesn't mean that all of a sudden those first four weeks mean nothing now. They're a good signpost of where we are. Neil's said in previous interview, I think he said after Crawley that the start of the season we've had is going to come in handy when we do go into a rough patch, whenever that might be. Hopefully yesterday was just a one-off and we don't enter that stage yet. Because I remember end of last season when Stevenage sort of limped over the line, now having quite a few poor results. I remember they lost at Mansfield, they were drawing at home to teams they shouldn't be drawing to, but they ended up getting up in the division because of how well they started in the first place. And that's where these early results, they culminate into getting you over the line in the end. And even if, you know, we, we go on and 
maybe don't get as many points as we want from the next two or three games. It's still going to be early doors. Harris has said many times, 12 games is the benchmark, and I'd agree with that. And you know, we'll just have to see where we are. But the reaction is not a surprise because you know we, we've seen it all before. Actually, it's probably easier to deal with last year just because it was so constant and you can really disagree with anything that was being said. But I think if you're going to have that sort of energy after the defeat, you should have the same energy and praise for the managers you do criticism when we win. And I don't think we see that enough, which is disappointing. But, you know, this is a team who are going to, in my opinion, go up this season. And Glass, not wood. Such that bit. <laughs> Much better, yeah, mate. People, people can't see that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's no need for panic stations, poor result. But I think we'll get on to now the, the things we should be praising this year. And that is this year, this season. That's the first four games before that yeah um we are going to get onto that just before just before that though uh me and you had the well, luxury take away the game but we had the luxury of hospitality yesterday wow. um i thought it was i thought it was very very good the food was extremely good i'm not sure about you and your pate situation with oh, the starter that, yeah. it was really nice um yeah it was really nice to be there we were lucky enough to Sit with uh, Matt Jarvis, who uh, obviously Jill's legend, picture up on the walk there, actually, funnily enough. Um, yeah. yeah, we had, um, I, don't, I don't think we knew beforehand we were going to be on his table, did we? No. We think it was about three or four before us in the queue to get in, and then we saw him go to his table, and we were sat there with um, Tim and his dad, and you know, if they're listening, not them two, uh, the other two people who were sat with us, I can't remember your name, but you were lovely. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a nice experience. He spoke to us about a lot of stuff in his career, just genuine questions we asked, because, you know, as fans of Jules and fans of football fans, we wanted to ask just general questions. We asked about his England game against Ghana, asked about his uh, time at Wolves and uh, remember that for the quiz later. And um, his time at West Ham and yeah, it was just, just nice to be with him. The pate, is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Yeah, not again. But <laughs> the, uh, the peppercorn steak was nice. That, I, that, I, heard, that, I heard that Owen had an interesting way of eating pate, James. Is that right? The peppercorn steak was nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I will say, okay, now you have brought it up, I'm going to have to talk about it. Fine. A normal way of eating pate with toast and mango chutney would be putting the pate and the mango chutney on the toast and then eating it. Everyone knows okay. that, right? Everyone knows that's how you do it, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, know. Owen's not tried pate before. In your defence, you've not at pate before so you decided to basically eat it as if it was the steak I thought, and just I thought it was a bit of spam yeah well there you go you thought it was spam so he decided to cut it on its own and just eat it on its own the best bit that wasn't the best bit the best bit was matt jarvis turned to him and went what are you doing and <laughs> we're just i mean we're just like i've just not eaten pate before I, I think matt must be a seasoned pate veteran then he must have had a lot of that in, in pre-match meals and uh, that so uh, maybe matt was i think quietly disappointed disgusted i think yeah, well, yeah maybe i think the premise is never meet your heroes <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, we did film a little bit, including a, a, a little chat with Matt Jarvis. Uh, here is our hospitality video from, from yesterday. There aren't, there's only one other player who theoretically played for England, who played for Gillingham. That was a guy called Freddie Fox, who was a goalkeeper in the 1930s. 
and he was a Gillingham player, but he went across to Calais and signed a contract with Millwall. And he was picked for England when he was a Jules player, but when he actually played, he was a Millwall player. However, we have with us this afternoon the one person who has played for England, who played for Gillingham and started his career basically here at Gillingham, and he is, of course, Matt Jarvis. Right, as you can see, I'm joined by a familiar face, Matt Jarvis. Matt, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, very well. Um, yeah, obviously, back at back at Jill's is uh, part of obviously Legends Day. Um, yeah, firstly, first time back this season. Um, yeah, what what have you made of it? Uh, obviously, it's always nice to come back, uh, seeing a lot of familiar faces, which is actually really nice. Um, but half-time at the moment, um, it's been a bit erratic, maybe, is the first half performance, but you can see that um, there's a lot of quality in the side, so it's one of them that just got to settle down a little bit, I think. Um, and then the second half is always where it works. Yeah, obviously, um, yeah, we, were speaking, we were speaking earlier on, and there's been quite a few changes over the summer. Jill's a lot to the squad, a lot off the pitch. What what do you make of the football club as a, as a whole at the moment, the way it's going? Fantastic. Um, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough, I've met, met the owners um, and they're both fantastic people. Um, and, you know, the club is only going in one direction at the moment. And, and it's been a fantastic start to the season. Uh, but you can see it continuing. Uh, and what they, their plans are and what they've already done is... Is, is really impressive. So fingers crossed, it's, uh, it keeps going. Yeah, obviously, second half to come. Uh, do, you think, do, you, do you think Jill's to turn it into three points? I did say 2-0, so uh, I'm hoping so. Yeah, otherwise <laughs> my prediction's not going to go down very well. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Come back to Look Back Live, episode one, season two. Um, okay, more positivity. I know. Do we have to? We're going to go there. Um, we asked you all beforehand for your player of the month. James, we'll start with you first. Player of the month for August. I've got a feeling we're all going to say the same player, but for me, it is Mr. Shadrach Oji. Um, I, the first to admit, when he was signed, I was seriously underwhelmed. I was like, oh, okay. I think I, I think I tweeted meh. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but that is grossly unfair. Um, what I will say now is the guy's been a revelation, and Leighton Orient must have the best backline in the league if he can't if he can get in their team guy's been phenomenal he hasn't put a foot wrong for me Shadrach Ogi absolutely brilliant I mean I've gone with Jake Turner um, slight difference Shad was a very very close second I had Scott Maloney in third if we're doing it in tears uh, we're not but um, I think Jake deserves a lot of praise because you know you look at last season you have to be patient for opportunities Glenn Morse is very much the number one for the vast majority of the season. Jake came in during cup games as part of that great night at Brentford, of course. Uh, didn't manage to save the penalty, but I'm sure he did enough to put off Mikel Damsgaard, so we'll give him that. And uh, yeah, this season was was one where in pre-season I thought he looked really impressive, but I did have the opinion that Neil might keep it as it was, obviously with Morris having swept all of the um, awards from the end of last season. I thought Morris might have retained his place, but 
Jake, I thought was brilliant in pre-season. Um, you know, a few saves in the Dartford game, for example. I know it's not the league, but it was really impressive that day. And I felt very comfortable coming into Stockport when I saw his name on the team sheet. And Neil's obviously made a good point about having two number ones effectively now with Glenn and uh, Jake, both good enough to start. And I think Jake's really made that position his own. I think he's made a lot of great saves um, throughout the course of, of the season so far. You know, there was one... Um, he won't admit. He did admit it to me when I messaged him, but I don't think he's ever been caught on to the one at Stockport where Kyle Nor hit the crossbar. If you remember that in the second yeah. half, Jake got a fingertip to it to tip it onto the crossbar, and you know, not really troubled against um, Accrington, but I think Crawley he, he made a few really good smart stops. So the Telford penalty, but well, you know, he had to guess the right way, I suppose. But it was you still have to do that. And you know, yesterday, can't really put him at fault for any of the goals. It was you know, calamity of errors at the back. You know, it's just is what it was on that day, and uh, you know, I think he, he deserves a lot of recognition for this season. I think he's going to continue, and I think he's got a great team around him with Darren, and obviously the experience of Glenn as well. Being forty, he'll be frustrated he's not playing, but at the same time, I'm sure he'll be happy to to lean his experience on Jake and make Jake a better keeper in the process. I think he's is my my choice for player of the month. Uh, Todd, months over to you. Yeah, I I will go shallow as well. I think for me, just because um, there are a number of, of decent contenders, but. I think the fact is, is that he was brought in as, as an option, not necessarily as, as you know, uh, a definite starter. Um, he would have been good. Neil wanted a, a left side, a side of centre half, and he kind of obviously got one with, with him. And he must, must have been scouted really, really well because Kenny, Kenny knew him from his time at Orient as well. Um, but I think the fact that he's, you know, probably one of the first names on, on the team sheet right now um, shows that he has maybe surprised a few of us. You know, not a lot of people knew him and, when he rocked up at the uh, the game on, on Tuesday night, he was he was kind of just like, oh, by the way, he's signing. You know, here he is. No, no big, you know, kind of announcements. No, you know, social media out, outburst. But it was just like, oh, by the way, he's a, he, he's a new player, and then he turns out to be probably you know our most consistent form. I think he was man of the match yesterday. Um, stood out for me, and I, I know the sponsors gave it to to to, to uh, Sean Williams, but. Um, yeah, for me, he's been the most consistent performer and, you know, we were saying that he could be, if he carries on having a, a good season like, like he's now, he could be a, a real asset, you know, for us, either for us or if somebody else want, wants, wants, wants to take him, you know, so I, I'd say him over the last sort of few games. Uh, okay, I'm going to go someone completely different. I'm going to go Ashton Addison, just because um, I think... I think when we signed him, everyone was sort of, oh, really? Meh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they were. They were, weren't they? They were very meh. He's not the forward we expect. Um, but for me, the times that I've supported Jules, he is that type of striker that I fall in love with because he will just try chase absolutely everything. There was three or four times yesterday afternoon where it was just a nothing ball and he makes something out of it. Not only did he then make, I thought he made the in, impact and one of the reasons why we won the game at Stockport when he came off the bench. He got the winner at home to Accrington and I thought he tore, he tore Sutton apart on the Tuesday night. Um, and I know, obviously, Shadogi and Scott Malone and Jake Turner and, and those type of players will get their recognition. But I don't think we beat Accrington and Sutton without Ashley, in, in all honesty. Um, and, and I think after... The comments and and things like that that he's got off the Crawley fans and the Jills fans of well you're not the 25 goal striker we've asked for. I think he's made a real a real difference to this Jill side for for me. I don't know what everyone else thinks. 
No, I agree. And I think a lot of people did, did kind of think, well, he's just going to be, you know, he's not our answer. But then again, you, you don't get 25 goal season strikers for, for cheap. And, you know, they're not just waiting to sign for you. So he had, had to be scouted. He had to be, be picked out. Harry said that he likes him. Hess said, said, that, said that he likes him. And we probably got him quite cheap as well. You know, I think Sutton were rumoured to be paying like, like 15 grand for him. So, yeah, again, an, another, you know, wagging master stroke there a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's it's he's got a lot of potential. He is fast. You saw him bombing down after Dieng's ball through, didn't you, yesterday? Like, he's almost, he's, he's overtaken their last defender. Like, he's got attributes there, but we just need to have the service behind him. That's, that, I think, is our, our issue that we'll go on to probably later on. But, um with the right service, that guy, that guy can get a lot of goals for us. He's the most deceptively quick-looking footballer I've ever seen. He he, he doesn't look at, look like he's going to be fast when you look at him as his frame and his build. But he is rapid, isn't he? He yeah. really, really is. And I think that the goal against, um, was it Accrington, when he went on the Tom Nichols through ball? Yeah. That, that was purely made by his pace that that goal and he, he is really really fast and yeah he's, he's, he's been great and I thought he was a bit below par yesterday if I'm honest but then pretty much everyone else was so yeah. I'm not going to hold that against him and and, and the Sutton goal I, I just think his movement inside the box where Tom Nichols yeah. picks it up on the right and he just takes one step it was like the Southampton goal wasn't yeah. it yeah he just takes one he just takes one step to his right and, it, and the defender doesn't know where he is and it's a it's it's a natural finish um, could be a very Cody-like striker, couldn't it? And, you know, Cody remains my all-time favourite yeah. Jules player. Oh, well, I remember yeah. a Crawley fan stopping me outside the outside the ground. Had no idea who he was, and it was before before the game. And he decided to tell me that Crawley weren't going to miss, miss Ashley Naderson. I honestly think they might have beaten us that afternoon had Ashley Naderson been in their team. Yeah, yeah. They must have had a, some forward line before Wagme decided to do all this stuff. Telford... Nelson and Nichols, Nichols is pretty good. So it's not bad, is it? Probably would have been better off if they paid all three of them at centre half yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> they would have been. It's interesting you said about the fee they pay for him. That's something I want to see. To see the well, welcome to Wrexham. I'd love to watch a welcome to Wagme documentary. Just to know what what, what the mindset is there, because they've sold I know this is a bit off topic, but they've sold obviously Nichols to us, Nelson to us, Telford's gone to Barrow. Morris to us. Morris to us. Yeah, yeah that's well, the fact that Morris was released, you know, yeah. he was, he was, you know, yeah. but I think even, even Telford, I think he's, he's the highest earner. So he must've been like, get him off the wage books. So all that for one real right. That's a good deal. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's, that's your, that's your final, final ones then. Okay. So we've, we have, we, we have tweeted it up on, on our, on our Twitter account. Um, we've, we've put the four in the four that we've gone with. Um, I know you two went, Shadow, you went with Jake Turner. I put Ashley Naderson in there. The other one I put in there is Scott Malone. I think he's probably the other, the other yeah, one that stood out. I agree. Oh, oh, oh. Are we agree in agreement on that? Yeah, I think it's not overlooked per se, Scott Malone. I think everyone just has the understanding that he is a level above this division anyway. So sort of like you have higher expectations if you like. So if it was a say David Tatonda was putting in performances like Scott Malone has been this season, you take a lot of notice of it. But whether it is Scott Malone and he is above League Two quality, you come to you come to sort of expect it, but still he's, he's been, yeah, brilliant. What are you saying about Dave? I'm saying he's better. He's a lot better. I can't wait for Morgan at home, though. He's kind of blind, isn't he? Like... We're waiting for it, aren't we? Yeah. We're waiting for it. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we've already had... Love uh, Dave. We've already had 26 votes, um, and Shadow Goose 
96 percent so so um, are they all him huh? yeah they they, all they, they might be it might just be him <laughs> different twitter accounts just just him voting okay we're gonna go to our next next break then um we're Obviously, the man, the man behind the camera, is obviously Nick from Block. Um, you would have seen earlier this season. Uh, we've not had a chance to say well done to him on camera, so um, we're going to say it um, because he's our friend. <laughs> so um, we, 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 yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well done to Nick because he is obviously. It was announced um, in the summer that he is him and him and Block as Block, um, are the official media partners of Gillingham Football Club. Um, and he did announce on uh, on his Twitter account the other day that they're going to be doing a behind-the-scenes sort of documentary video at Crew Away on Tuesday, the 3rd of October. Is that right? That's the right date. There we go. Um, it's definitely going to be better than the Wrexham documentary. 100%. 100%. So um, it's called Massive. Is that right? Yeah, that's the documentary. That's the name, Massive. So look out for that. Um, but yeah, here is a, a little advert for Block, just to promote them. Let's get on to the month of August then. Um, it was it was so nearly a perfect month, so nearly a perfect month, but we we ruined it yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's go right back to the beginning then. Um, Stockport first game of the season. The fixtures come out and we went. I'm glad it's the first game of the season. I think that was all our reaction. Um, but what a great great result, Tom. Yeah, and I think most most yours fans would have would have told you, you know, we'll we'll take a draw on the first first you know game don't don't lose it don't set your stall out and then be you know bottom of the league on the first game because you know as much as it is a first game you always want to start off well um but to kind of go there and and not you know how we went to Stockport last last season and part of the bus and Neil admitted that that bus was parked from like minute one um it wasn't like that 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 this time it wasn't like we, we set up to to nick a point we set up and we thought hang on a minute we we can win this um, and we did, and then we decided that one nil suited us really, really well. And then we did it like three more times uh, in the league. Um, obviously, Southampton in between was 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 really nice to sort of have that that you know you know giant killing if you like because we've been on the end of a few ourselves before. Uh, but yeah, but going back to Stockport is really important that we started well, that we weren't turned over, and we went above that and 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 took three points away. And you know, Stockport were a lot of people's fancied teams you know they're my fancy team to, to win the league at, at the start of the season and you know we're still a long way away but to go there and, and get three points from them was a nice like confidence boost to know that we had a really really good start to the, to, to the season um yeah i went up to stockport um it was a very very good day um we played very well for the first 20 25 minutes we 
impose ourselves on it's hard to think of a game that was a month ago now, Toby Red. Mm. Um we impose ourselves really well on them from what I can remember. Um Stockport notoriously don't start the season very well. I think they've got a horrible opening day record of the past four or five years, including going back into the National League as well. But I think we played really well that day. I think we soaked up pressure when we needed to. Stockport, as you'd expect, last 20 minutes or so of the first half, and certainly the vast majority, if we're being fair, the second had a lot of the ball and a lot of good areas, but failed to really create anything clear-cut. It was a lot of catching practice for Jake Turner, lots of... Not last it's defending, but sort of blocks and clearances you expect us to make in those scenarios. But regardless of that, I think the second half we, we probably had the best best couple of chances. Um before we obviously got the goal, Scott Malone has a shot that was well saved um down at his um left uh, bottom left post by Hinchliff and uh, I think we had we had opportunities in the game. I think it was petering towards a nil nil by the end of it. I didn't think we were looking any time likely to concede, but also at the same time, you have the mindset of if you're at a stop port whether the manager's gonna think, well, we'll just opening day get out of here at a point and take and go home which I think people would have been happy with um, yeah, obviously we, we did get the moment with uh, Robin McKenzie's goal um, and you know we I think on the basis of the game we probably deserved to win it on on the basis of how well we defended and we took our main chance when it happened so it was you know, a great way to start the season a very long journey back but made a lot better by um, by getting the three points on the day and you know it was two good things for me is one it's an opening day win and two it takes away probably the toughest away fix you're going to have this season right off the bat and you take three points away from it so yeah wonderful start James we'll, um, we'll move on then to the to obviously the Southampton game on a Tuesday night um, I couldn't quite make it but the reports that sort of come out is that it could have be easily been even more that evening so it was it was superb um the most complete Jill's performance I can remember in a long, long time. I thought we looked comfortable from 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 kickoff, um, and we were all over them. It's, it's it's yeah, it's 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 not unfair to say that we we could have been out of sight um, by half time. Um, we just we looked, we just looked so good, um, and some players came in. Jaden Clark in particular looked phenomenal in that game. Um, Ethan Coleman played really well. We, it was a just a complete performance, and obviously that was the um, Nadison started started off the scoring as well in that game. Then the goal machine himself, Robbie McKenzie, took over, and it was it was just brilliant. It was really good and a really nice atmosphere at Priestfield. Um, first game under the lights with the with the new advertising boards as well. It looked really, although they they didn't always work brilliantly done that night, but it, they looked great. Um, and it was yeah, it was just a really really good performance. Um, and I thought we, I think we, we made a few people sit up and take notice that night. To be honest with you, it was a, it was the shock of the round, wasn't it? And I think we we looked brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And um, I think that has really set the bar. That performance has really set the bar for Jills this season, and maybe has contributed to why perhaps opinions been a little bit negative in the, despite us winning the next few games you know, why perhaps opinion hasn't been as positive because we haven't managed to yet replicate that, that sort of performance yet. Okay. Um, yeah, no, you, I, I think you're right. Obviously, uh, yeah, next few games after that, it was, it was Aquinton and then Sutton. Yeah. Obviously back to back wins after, uh, and then Crawley. So yeah, three wins in a row, but yeah, the Aquinton game, uh, again, dominated from from minute one. 
Yeah, we did, and and it it was quite nice to obviously you know every football fan will look at a one 0 and go, oh, you scraped through that one. But recently, Agrington, we didn't. Um, we we were more dangerous, but we 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 just couldn't finish everything that we you know set up. Um, but yeah, we we look good. Um, Agrington, you've got to remember, remember, have come down from League One, so they're not as if they're struggling. I mean, their recruitment hasn't been great. I think in the summer, and I think a lot of people have talked about you know is this their level. Um, but we we were comfortable in 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 that game, and Neil said that we kind of you know we bossed it for the majority, and and we did. Um, it's always nice to go and get more more than one goal because you just you know that Jill's teams in the past have kind of just you know it only takes one mistake, doesn't it, to then change everything completely, and then you've got to try and chase again. But that will come. We will turn over a team at some point this season by three, three, two, three, four goals, and. You know the one nils will seem even more, you know, irrelevant. You know because we still got the three points. So that that that's the end of it. That's what means means the most at the end of the season. So yeah, obviously, um, Crawley, Crawley. Then I, I didn't I didn't think we'd we played the the best all afternoon against Crawley. But I guess sometimes good good sides find a way of winning games. Yeah, Crawley was a. Uh frustrating one to be honest um we didn't start the game at all really um gave away a, a, a dubious penalty but probably a penalty that was a penalty if you you know look at all the rules and whatever else we don't have the beauty of var and things like that but you know there's a sort of one one specific ref will give it another one probably won't but you know we got away with it by uh tom and telford's putting the, the ball right into jake turner's hands his last meaningful contribution for call so thank him for that um but no, it's just it was, it was a game where we didn't create much at all. You know, we were pretty slack in possession as well, and I think it wasn't too dissimilar to what we saw yesterday. To be honest, I think yesterday we just got punished a lot more heavily for it, and uh, we had to get a bit of luck. It was a great move by Shad down the left hand side. You know, to take on his man as a centre back, which probably helped him because I'm sure his um, marker at the time, whoever was up against him. Probably didn't expect him to do that as a centre half. You expect him just play the ball back to someone more attack minded or a midfielder who can get the ball in. But Shad went alone, and you know it's one of those positions where for the quarter defender, he you know, it's either get a touch on it and hope it doesn't end up in your own net or let the person behind you have a tap in. So you know he has to make contact with it. Unfortunately for him, but fortunately for us, it went in the back of his own net. But I think the second half of that game, we again didn't have much. Going forward, we had that one chance with Nadison who hit the underside of the bar um, from a set piece, I believe it was. But other than that, there's a lot of quality possession in, in dangerous areas. But again, much like Stockport, really didn't really create anything clear-cut, so to speak. I think there was a chance, maybe first five, ten minutes of the second half. I think it was Arisi or, or Rusi, whatever his name is, and he didn't quite connect with it well enough. But it wasn't a game which yeah I think will won't be in the highlight rule for very long I'd say is the best way of putting it but we got the result okay um yeah we've obviously spoken about yesterday so we, I don't think we let's leave to. it there shall we <laughs> we'll leave it there okay right a little bit different what we're going to do this season we're going to bring a bit more of a fun element to it okay so I've come up with a game all right Owen's come up with a quiz all right to end sort of today's show okay so the game what i've come up with is a game called liar all right so basically the rules are is that i'm going to ask a question so the first question is is that how many of the squad can you name from the nine uh, the 1999 2000 game against wigan okay 
you're stuck, aren't you? Was he even born then? All right. I was one. Do your research. One. The squad or the first 11? The squad. The squad. Okay. Basically, the rules are is that you have got to, you, you say how many you name, all right? Whoever is going to go more than what you can name has to sit there and name. So, for example, Tom, if you say, I can name 12, okay, and it's more than you and more than you, Definitely. you've got to name more than 12. Oh, you have to name 12 at least. If you can't, the other two get points. Is there another question after this one? Yes. Good. There is. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the first question is, how many of the squad can you name for the 1999-2000 Wigan game, the playoff final? All right. James, how many do you think you can name? Oh, this is this is right in my right in my wheelhouse. It's right in my era. Um, so I'm going to go really low. No, I reckon I can. I reckon I can uh, ten. Okay. I've been <laughs> make an iron name. Five. Maybe. Tom. So do I have to try and go above James now? If you think you can name more than ten. I'll go for it. 11. All right, then. Go. All right. Wigan, yeah? Yeah. Asaba? As- yeah. Odura? Yeah. Gooden? Yeah. Lewis? Do you yeah. Lewis? Edge? Yeah. Southall? Yeah. Hessenthaler? Yeah. Smith? Yeah. Pennock? Yeah. Butters? Yeah. Ashby? Yep. How many more? One more. We'll have to bring a count down, I think. Hold on. I love Ten. this. Uh, have I said Patterson yet? No. It wasn't in it, though. Oh. You're missing two, the most two obvious players ever. Oh, of course. Nine. Eight. Steve Butler. Seven. Eddie Thompson. There, there we go. go. <laughs> He's behind you. <laughs> okay. All right. How many strikers can you name that have played for the Jills? Whatever. Yep. Oh, crikey. Uh, There's been some shockers as well, haven't there? There have. All right, I'm going to go high on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to go 15. <gasps> okay. 20. Twenty-five. Oh, got every striker there. Go on, then, Tom. Twenty-six. Are you think you can name twenty-six? Yeah. Someone's got to keep count of it, though. I'll keep count. I'm getting twenty-seven, so go for it. You're, you're going to keep count. I'll keep count. Yeah. Go what on. we? What we? You can get higher than twenty-six. Yeah. Go on, then. How many? Thirty. Thirty-one. <laughs> it's not an auction, by the way. <laughs> Are we allowed to, to sort of like, if we think one of them's not a striker technically, can we try and... What, like an yeah, attacking midfielder? Yeah, we, right, could, okay. we, could, we can be the judges. Okay. All right, Owen, go ahead. How long have I got? Minute. Go. Lewis Walker. Sim- Simeon Jackson. Right, I'm coming straight away. Cody McDonald. <laughs> Mark McCammon. Um, uh, Andy Thompson. Uh, how many bad ones have we had? Reese Murphy. Um... <laughs> Very niche. Uh, Tom Eaves, uh, Ify and Aura, Bob Taylor. Um, let's calm down a bit, shall we? Um, God, ooh, we've had so many rubbish ones. Leroy Griffiths, Delroy Facey, 
Pass Savage. Um, that, that Danny Graham. Um, David Graham. What's his name? Oh. Uh, God, so many bad ones. Uh, Tom Dixon Peters. Ooh. Um, so bad. Oh, talking bad ones. Scott Cashkit, Mick Mandron, um, Aidan O'Brien, um, Tom Nichols, Ollie Hawkins. I haven't thought of the ones we have. Macaulay Bond, uh, Ashley Nadderson. Uh, how many am I on? 20. How long have I got? 20 seconds. Gary Mulligan. Gary Mulligan. Don't help him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he needs it. He, he went for Reese Murphy. He needs he, the help. He put me off. Gary Mulligan makes me think of Lee Clifton. Um, Cody McDonald. Cody, Cody McDonald. Um, music's putting me off. Six. Make it stop. five, four, three. Got in the Dumbo One. Point. Point. Thank Unlucky. You. Right. That went bad. It wasn't bad. That was very impressive, actually. It was very impressive, actually. That's savage. 21, 22, I think. 22, you got 22. Not bad. Got in a Dumbo Nasango. Did you even say Cody McDonald? No. (laughs) Marlon King? Asaba and Taylor. Oh, no, you said Taylor. Gia Pua? Oh, yeah. It shows you what selective jewels moments. Tommy Johnson? I said that. It shows you like weird jewels moments stay in your head though. Like Leroy Griffiths was thought. I remember watching in like two thousand seven, you had the ITV highlight show. He scored like the third goal against Nottingham Forest, I think. It was a screamer, wasn't it? Adam Miller scored in that game. Simeon Jackson. And Darren Byfield scored the first goal I ever saw at Jules. Byfield. They didn't even okay. so. Uh how many next round, how many managers can you name? Twenty. Oh yeah. How many can you name? I'd say there's like, I can't name 20. I'd name about 12. I, I don't think I can beat it. I would love to say I could, but realistically, I'll be going probably a lot less. Can't um, beat it? No. No, okay. Right, ready? Go. Keith Peacock. Steve Lovell. Mike Flanagan. A.D. Pennock. Andy Hessenthaler. Mark Stimson, Ronnie Jepson, Stan Turnant, Neil Harris, I'm not going to get 20, am I? Damien Richardson, what's that, 10? Yeah. Jerry Summers. Yeah. Missing some really obvious ones. Mark Patterson, part of the Gang of Four. Yep, I'll give you that one. Fat. Tony Pulis, Mr. Steve Evans, Peter Taylor, Paul Taylor. Uh, Glenn Roder. He's close, isn't he? Oh, man. No longer with us, unfortunately. No, Glen Road is not. Who, who, no, uh, who else? Some, the, the other manager is no longer with us. As in passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, um, Justin Imbra. Um, oh, I was thinking about another one. Scottish guy. Neil Cooper. 
You know what, James? You can have it. You can have the point. You can, you can have it. You I can't think of many others you that you missed Roddy, out. Roddy Jepson. Okay. Last last question. How many of the squad can you name from the 2009 promotion winning squad under Mark Stimson at Wembley? How many are in a squad? 18. Do you mean the team that in that's played in that game or just in general? Just the squad that went to Wembley. 15. Yeah, 15, I reckon. Oh, I can't get anywhere near that. No? Give it a bash. 16. Do you reckon you're going to give it a go? Do you reckon you're going to get more than 16? I'll take him on. Hmm? I'll, t- I'll take him on. What, you reckon you're going to go 17? Why not? Can he, go, can he go, go, go for 18? I think so, yeah. 18. Yeah? Go on him. Weirdly enough, I have a very vivid memory of the subs, not the starting. Right, go on then. <laughs> Uh, Simon Royce, and then we would have had um, Barry Fuller, Gary Richards, next to Simon King, then John Nutter, Curtis Weston, Stuart Lewis, um, Bartram, Jackson, Ollie played. Uh, I'm missing one midfielder, but come back to it. Um, Adam Miller, Albert Jarrett was on the bench, Nicky Southall was on the bench, Mark Bentley was on the bench, Adam Julian was on the bench. Um, so there's another, I've got loads of time. So there's another midfielder who started who I haven't named. And there's, what, one more substitute? Must be. It's impre- impre- impressive. Yeah. Two more substitutes. The midfielder was very, very important. The corner. Oh, just right. He started. Mm. Well, you know. Um, then there's one more sub. He probably didn't play. Um, I think the subs. The ones I've already said. So Albert Jarrett was probably the most anomaly one. Um, Mark McCammon. He was on the bench. Yeah, I didn't say him though. No, no, you don't. You got one more, I think. Got one more. I don't know the whole squad. That's not eighteen. Do we have eighteen though? Because sometimes you don't fill the whole of your bench. We we definitely did that day. But you know what? Because you've done you've so that, yeah. that you can have the point. Who did I miss then? Fish was was. Nah. No. He would have been there, would he? VAR. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway, what we're going to do, we're going to go to a quick, quick break, okay? Um, well done to the football club, smashing the season ticket sales. Well, one, well done to the fan base, should we say. Well done to the fan base. Well done to the, everyone at Jill's for, I think the record is 3,500. That was the record. I don't know what it is statistically. I'm sure someone can tell me what we've actually currently sold, but we've smashed it. Here is... The wonderful video that I Nick named two more up. that weren't even in the squad. Up the Jills! Up the Jills. Up the gels! Up the gels! Up the gels! Up the gels! Up the gels!
Welcome back. Um, yeah, don't be surprised. The player month or August from the MV7 podcast is... Is it Mr. Shad... <laughs> it's not Ashley Nadison, Nick. It's, it's not it's, Ashley yeah, I, believe, I believe it's Shad OG, is it? It is Shad OG. Okay. Well done, Shad. Uh, fully deserved. Unfortunately, Nick. Hang on. I'll tell you how many votes he got. Should I, Ashley Nadison? One. We got, well, got from, obviously, a vote from you. Um, all in all... We got 83 votes in 25 minutes. Pretty good going, to be fair. Um, Ashley Nadison finished second. He finished second out of the four. So there you go. I was right in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> so I'm happy about that. I mean, you've got a quiz, have you? I do have a quiz. Ready? It's split into two. Well done, man. Jesus. <laughs> split... Is it easier than the last one? It's split into two sections. So firstly, the way it's going to work this season is we're going to have a leaderboard throughout the season of uh, guests who are going to total up their amount of, that they get in the quiz and then by the end of the season there's going to be one eventual winner so we'll see who that is but the first participants today uh, what's your name where'd you come from I'm James and I'm from Dover what's your name where'd you come from I'm James I'm from shall I say Chatham yeah I'll go Chatham then what's your name where'd you come from so on to the quiz uh, <laughs> so I split into two sections right so the first five questions are all based on the first five games of the season but the last five are career paths so it's going to be names of teams you have to connect it to which former Jill it is who is that none of them currently play for us because that'd be easy because people would just be who do we play to sign this player from easy but yeah um, if you all have your notes pages available on your mobile or tablet device, yep. I'm going to say the question. After 10 seconds, you all show me the answer that you put. If you get it right, you get a point. Pretty simple going. This is very organised. Nick is very impressed behind the camera. <laughs> if you get it right, you get a point. It's not rocket science. But <laughs> simplicity wins. Uh, are you all ready with your notes pages at hand? Yes. Ready. Yes. Right. I've got to explain this one because I wrote it out and even I don't understand how I wrote it. But good start. Um, good luck, everybody. <laughs> so, of the players that were here last season, how many of them have changed their squad number? Oh, my God. This is only play... I'm not talking about, say, Max Clark, who's taken a number from David Sonder. I'm talking about players who had a different number last year to the one they now have. Okay. You don't have to name the players. Have we got answers? Yes. James, you got an answer? Tom, you got an answer? Uh, roughly, yes. Tom, firstly, reveal yourself. What your answer? Oh, yeah. Um, I've gone for six. I'll have to see proof. Well, I've got five of them down so far, but you did stop me short. Okay. So I'll go for five then that I've actually got. James? I've gone for four. James? I've gone with two. So out of interest, who do you think that your five well, are? The five that I know, so Masterson's now got now got four, Lapsky's gone seven, Nichols to nine, Jeffries to eleven, and Hawkins to twelve. But I've not got any more yet. James? That's me wrong, isn't it? Yeah, I've I forgot <laughs> I've, I've I've forgot about all them players to be fair, so uh no. Yeah. Tom Jasper has got it spot on. Oh. And all five as well. Oh wow. Look at that. Didn't know we were professionals in here today. God damn. I don't know where they are. <laughs> I'll walk out now, shall I? This one's a bit more easier, I think. I hope. Who are the only three players to play every minute of the League 2 campaign so far this season? So it's League 2. We're not counting the Carabao game. Three players. 
put any background music when we do this. Uh. Yeah. The wheel. <laughs> the wheel. Hey. Tom, you've got an answer. Yes. Reveal. Do you need to be to show you the answer? Yes. Turner, Ogie, Aimer. Oh, James. Same three for me. Other James. I've gone Ogie Malone, Aimer. No, Malone was substituted at Stockport for Max Clark. Oh. It is um, Aimer, Ogie and Turner. Oh, wow. wow. So that currently means Tommy Asper, two points. James Cleal, yep. one point. He won't go. No. James we won't say anything. We won't say anything. Don't worry. James Hawkins in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this one, another pretty easy one. I missed out this bit of the description when we were talking about it earlier, but which minute did Robin McKenzie score the winner at Stockport? Oh, I think I know this. I'm relying on Nick to keep me up to date with scores as he is in the background. <laughs> Have we all got an answer? Yeah, I think so. Has anyone got a Sky Sports tab open? No. Good. Tom Jasper, what are you saying? 86. James Hawkins. 94. I think it's later than that, isn't it? I could tell you didn't go. James? I've got 83. The correct answer is 86. 86? 94. Oh. I thought we scored right in stoppage time. No, we scored and then we had about 11 minutes of stoppage. <laughs> ah, go through that one. But Tom Nasper is flying on it. I told you I love a quiz. He's flying. James Hawkins has crashed. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not talk about crashes this week? Into a wall somewhere. James Cleo's lost one of the wings, but it's just about a float. <laughs> okay question four has now changed since yesterday and i'll explain why if you don't understand the answer but who has the highest culmination of cards so far this season it's the culmination of cards can you explain the question <laughs> Maybe, I can't what, really. what does culmination mean so i'm guessing who is accrued Yes, most cards, most worth of cards. Put it that way. Who got carded yesterday? I'll explain how the answer works afterwards. As in booking points, like Sky Bet. Yes. There we go. Oh, it's all done. I don't understand betting. Take a hunch Mm. on a player. Got it. I think so. I'm thinking I've got it. Tom? I've got I've got I've put, I've put Ethan Coleman down. James? I've got Ethan Coleman. So have I. It is Ethan Coleman. Was it a culmination? So, is that what you've done? Is that uh, like a play on words? Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I've got a point. <laughs> yes. So the way it works for anyone who doesn't use betting points, and neither should you because betting is bad and we don't condone it on this uh, podcast. Although Josh Cullen's booking for Burnley has helped me out today for unreal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the way it works is... For a yellow card, you get uh, 10 booking points. For a red, you get uh, 20. So Shad Ogie has three yellow cards, which culminate to 30 points, whereas Ethan Coleman has two yellows and a red. Therefore, he's on 40. So Ethan Coleman, although it may get rescinded, so maybe Shad Ogie is the right answer if that is to happen. But regardless of that, um, I told you to keep an eye on uh, one of the questions I I asked earlier regarding Matt Jarvis. And uh, if you were listening to the point I pointed out, you should be able to tell me which club Matt Jarvis and Scott Malone both played for at the same time. Well, this is a bit of a... Because he told me this yesterday. Well, yeah, but you're not winning anyway. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tom? I believe Scott Malone started at Wolves. 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 Wolves is the correct answer, which means at the halfway point, the scores on the doors are five for Tom Yasper, who's flying, three for James Cleal, who's doing okay. James Hawkins on two points. I'm happy to get two points, to be honest. It's, quite, it's, it's, it's too much of a tough quiz. I'm not happy. You've got one less point than Macaulay Bond. Too soon, maybe. He's <laughs> 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 Hi, Macaulay. He parks where he wants. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. <laughs> okay, so final five questions and our career path questions. So I'm going to name you um, teams that this player has played for. I will take time, not too much time, but I will take time saying the teams if you want to write them down on your notes page just to check them with yourself Let's have a look. in case you forget. Um, this first player has a lot of clubs, so I'm going to cut out the first few because they're relevant. Um, and then move on closely to when they started playing at Jules. So are you ready for your first player? Yep. Okay, so he played at, for Brentford between 2004 and 2005, making 40 appearances. Followed up by a year at Rotherham United between 2005 and 2006. Then a three-year spell at Sheffield Wednesday between 2006 and 2009. A lone move to Cholton in 2008, which became permanent, and he stayed there until 2010. Then he played for Gabala. No idea. Between 2010 and 2012. Before joining Jules in 2012 to 2013. And since then, I won't give you the dates after that, but he had spells at Scunthorpe, York, Eastleigh, Brackley, before retiring at Worcester City. Yeah. Got it. James looks incredibly confused. I will, didn't he? <laughs> and I can't believe... Does anyone want me to go through the teams again? No. I can't believe the team... Got me the answer was the last one. Oh, really? Yeah. James, I'll go with you first because you look the most puzzled. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's right, but I'm going for Andy Barcham. But no, it's not. Dion Burton. Dion Burton. I'm going to go Danny Chapman. One of you is right. Funny enough, I don't remember um, Andy Barcham's spell at Portsmouth in 1994, but <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so, James has gone for Danny Chapman, which has proved to be an excellent choice if he was right, yeah. which he wasn't. Oh. The answer is Dion Burton. Is it? Well, Dion Burton. I think they're like Azerbaijan or something like that he went to. Somewhere mm. crazy and then we took him. Took he him also, away. if you, anyone of you remember, he scored in um, uh, one of the goals when Jules drew 2-2 with Charlton at the Valley when Andy Barcham scored and Dennis Ollie scored. All right, yeah. year after the Wembley win. Bit of useless trivia for you. Okay, the next player we're going to go for started his career at Oldham Athletic in 2009 and then in 2010, followed by a six-year stint with only four appearances, a lot of loans involved in this, at Bolton Wanderers. Those loans included Bristol Rovers, Shrewsbury Town, Rotherham United, Shrewsbury Town again on loan, then Yeovil on loan, Bury on loan, then this is all after that spell at Bolton that ended in 2016, and moved to Yeovil permanently, for a year before two years at Jules between 2017 and 2019, and he has since been at Hull City and Rotherham United. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> that should do it, shouldn't it? <laughs> I'm just going to stop it after they play for Jules. Because I don't think that would have been as obvious otherwise. Have we got an answer, everyone? 
I think it's. I've, yeah, yes. I don't know if it's the right answer, but I've, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Tom Eaves. Tom Eaves. Tom Eaves. It's a hat trick. Tom Eaves is correct. That was a bit easy, wasn't it? In hindsight, this one isn't. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I started his. Oh, sorry, I'm not him. He started his career in 1991 uh, until 1997 with Manchester City. Before a long spell at West Ham United between 1997 to 2005. And then moved to Queen's Park Rangers between 2005 and 2007. Before one year at Jules with eight appearances between 2007 and 2008. Before retiring in 2010 after a year at St. Notes Town. St. Uh, Neats Town. Neats. I've got it. What's the years? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. 1991 to 97 with Manchester City, 97 to 2005 with West Ham, 2005 to 2007 with QPR, 7 to 8 with Jules, and then 9 to 10 with St. Newt's Town. Not a clue. Absolutely no idea. Do you want to take a punt? I'll go for you. Go for your answer first. No, I've not got an answer. You've got to take a punt. <laughs> not actually in Hanson, Nick. <laughs> just just take take a punt of one player between 2007 and eight for Jules. So that would have been before Stimson? No, it wouldn't have been his first year, I think, because we got relegated no way at Leeds, didn't we? Around that time, yeah. We bought a lot of drosses, didn't we? Um, cool. No clue. No, absolutely no idea. I've got the DNF in for this I'm round. I'm DNFing. Great. James Cleal. Uh, Mr. Steve Lomas. Tom Yasper. Really awful Steve Lomas. Steve Lomas. Oh, wow. Who, bit of trivia, Wikipedia tells me he was born in Hanover, West Germany. Well, there you go. But represented Northern Ireland Every day's international. I've learnt things. Yeah. I thought people might be a bit more interested in that, but don't mind. <laughs> the next player <laughs> was at Nottingham Forest between 2005 and 2008. Before a lone move in 2006 to seven to Northwich Victoria, who another bit of trivia knocked out Charlton in the FA Cup in 2009. Um, then lone moves to Halifax Town in 2007, then to Gillingham in 2007, and then after that played for Chesterfield, Notts County, MK Dons, all on loan. Before moving to Young Boys, Hereford Berlin, and ending yeah. his career at what Vice Essen. Not Jake Essen. Right, Essen. Love this one. Potentially. I think I've got it. James? I don't think I've got it. I'm just going to go Delroy Facey. Right. <laughs> Too far, I think he did play for Nottingham Forest, but it's not him. Is it Mr. Felix Bastian? It is, yeah. Felix oh, Bastian. Felix Bastian. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say to you on the way back yesterday? Because I didn't think you were playing. I went, I'm going to do one on Felix Bastions. <laughs> didn't even listen <laughs> we to you. Listen Shows how much I listened to you, didn't it? Last one, is it? It is the last one. This is an older player. Played 70 appearances for the well-acclaimed Champions League club Haybridge Swifts between 1989 and 1991. For seven years at Southend United between 1991 and 1998. Um... Then between 98 and 2000, he played for Cholton Athletic. 2000, 2003, Leicester City before loan moves to Brighton between 2001 and 2. Manchester City in 2002 and then also QPR in 2002 to 2003. Then Cholton Athletic, Luton Town, QPR, 
QPR again permanently. Then an initial loan move to Gillingham before three years with the Jewels between 2007 and 2010. Then a spell at Brentford in 2010 to 2011. I had an idea for this and then it, and then it got... It went wrong. Yeah. Well, I had Paul Koncheski. No. But How long are Jules? Three years are Jules? Three years, yeah. Paul Chesky between 2007 for Jules. No. About 10 years early. Um, when was he at Jules again? He was at Jules between 2007 and 2010. So he would have been in that promotion winning squad. Maybe. Did you mention Brentford squad? in there at all? Yes. Mention Brentford. After Jules. He was at Brentford. No idea. Go on, Tom. The guess is Mark McCallan. Incorrect. James, have you got a guess? Um, no. No. <laughs> James, no. Was he mentioned in that in our 9 10 question that you, that you had earlier? Well, he should have been. I can give you a better clue than that. Oh, well, so, uh, oh, oh it is. Oh. Something Rice. Yeah. Oh, right. My big clue. I couldn't. It didn't include it because technically he didn't oh. make an appearance. But he was re-signed for one game against Oxford away in 2009-20 season as cover, but he didn't actually get on the pitch. Technically, it isn't an appearance. I was waiting for you to say South End. Didn't he play for South End? Sorry. He was on there. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, yeah but that was earlier. Oh, okay. Okay. So the scores on the doors at the end of the quiz. Oh, Tom Jasper with 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, actually, 9 out of 10. Cause, yeah, you yeah, don't have that one. Not that 10. Not that, yeah. you know, pick yeah. it. James Cleal has five. James Hawkins has three. Oh, I'm not taking part again. So the early leaderboard for the ME7 2023-24 campaign has Tom Jasper at the top on 10 points. Well played, sir. James Cleal close you. second and James Hawkins at the bottom of the table. <laughs> As it stands, but I hope everyone enjoyed that. Everyone watching at home got involved. Um, some terrible shouts in there, I must admit. Yeah. But uh, yeah. was, That's why I started as a presenter, and that's it. I did all right. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. It's all right. It's fine. More knowledgeable than me. Okay. That's true. Um, we've had a couple of questions, but we'll leave a couple of questions for, for Matt Olsen for his breakfast show tomorrow morning um, as we're going to round up this afternoon. Gents, thank you ever so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it? Yeah, really good. Really good. Yeah. Can I, can I come back so I can keep my lead? Can you come back later on in the season? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get you to try and defend it later on in the season. Is that all right? Of yeah. course. Good, good. Okay, yeah, thank you so much for watching. You've been watching the ME7 podcast. Look back live, season two, episode one. As ever, thank you to our sponsors, Danny Construction and Nick from Block, as always. Um, yeah, have a good week. Goodbye.